Hello and welcome to the Anti-Football Podcast. My name is Chris. As always, we are joined by Harry. And what a pissing game week Game week two was there. Bloody hell. I mean, we were this close. Did we break the record for the most goals in a game week? Or no, we levelled it. They levelled it, yeah. Yeah, February 2011. What a game week that was. I mean, you know, if you invested a lot of money in defenders in your FPL, then you got absolutely shafted. I apologise for that. But, (laughs) yeah, I mean, we've definitely got a lot of goals to discuss anyway. Yep. Should we get into the first one, which had seven goals? Yeah, um, we can do. Um, Yeah, go on. Give us your thoughts on uh, Everton 5, West Brom 2. Um, some of the worst defending I've seen yet again from West Bromwich Albion. I think offensively they're going to do all right. I mean, two both their wingers are packed with quality, but their defence is just shambles. Um, going to be without Kieran Gibbs for another three games. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I would say it's a little bit harsh considering they played half the game with ten men. You know, like absolutely yeah, conceded two at that Kieran point. Gibbs, by the way, you know. yeah. Like, what was the point in that? It was just frustration, really, that's boiled over. Um, but, yeah, I would say it's a little bit harsh to blame some of the defence. I mean, especially considering they were down to 10 men, the, you know. And they were coming up, you know, against an informed Calvert-Lewin, an informed James Rodriguez, you know. Um, a really good Richarlison, a really good Ducore, you know. They were never going to... They were never going to... Escape this game unscathed was West Brom's defence, you know, with or without 10 men. Yeah, but they still conceded five. They were, mm. Prior to the red card, they conceded two. And I think more has to be said about the Dean Garner goal more than anything because Everton kept backing off and backing off and basically gave him a free shot at goal, which he took. Mm, yeah. Um, I mean, personally, I do think. Pickford should have done a bit better there as well. Um, but yeah, the, there's no way that the defence should be backing off like that. They should have put a tackle in at some point. Even if you take him down, you know, take one for the team, it's, you know, it would have prevented a goal. Um, but, you know, yeah, it, the like what I was saying, you know, can you could you see what I was saying um, last week about West Brom being very dangerous on the break? Um, yeah. Because, you know, both Dean Garner and Pereira getting goals, and they were very tricky wingers. Um, you know, I could see them, you know, both of them performing well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I can see now why Noble was aggrieved about losing Dean Garner, because he's the sort of player that West Ham need at the moment. Mm, yeah. But I don't know whether West Brom have the funds to bring in, like, great defenders. I mean, I know they brought in, like, Ivanovic, but like that's not that he's not going to do well against your pacey wingers. Mm. Yeah, because um, at the end of the day, newly promoted clubs they always seem to focus on you know bringing in a striker, bringing in a winger. When really, the first thing you need to do as a newly promoted club is solid up your defence. Mm-hmm. Who have they brought in? They brought in Callum Robinson. Uh, yeah, they brought in Callum Robinson from Sheffield United. He was there. On the um, second half of the season as well of last season um, on loan, um, Conor Gallagher. Yeah, Con- Conor Gallagher, who played last night in the League Cup. Um, they brought in graded in Ghana and Matthias Pereira for twenty million pounds um, a piece. 
Um, Ivanovic. Ivanovic on a free. Uh, and they brought in um, some Wigan. Oh, who was it from? Who was that from Wigan for like a million? Cedric Kipre. Or Kipre. Oh yeah, that's his name. Um, so you know, he's a young centre half who um, you know isn't. I don't, I don't know. I, I'd give him a chance to be honest with you. Um, and they got Castle Hori, who was shit at Cardiff. Mm, yeah. I don't know. Like, I just look at the team; it just doesn't say Premier League quality to me. Mm, yeah, I mean. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's just it's just that defence. I mean, the midfield four of Dean Garner, Sawyers, Livermore and Pereira, that's, you know, a good enough midfield four for a newly promoted club. You know, you could perhaps w- want a better forward than Callum Robinson, but he's not he's not awful. Um, but, yeah, like you say, it's just that defence. Uh, you know, when you've got experienced, you know, you look at Kieran Gibbs to be the role models for the younger players... And when he gets sent off like that, you know, what, what example pulls that going to send? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I agree with you that the defence needs to be shored up. Um, however, you know, I'm not sure how much, you know, West Brom would be, you know, willing to spend. You know, they've, they've already spent roughly, what, 25, 26? It all depends on how much Robinson went for. We don't exactly know how much he went for. Um, but yeah, it all depends on whether they will have the money to spend. Um, on, you know, a decent centre-half. I want to see how much Norwich spent last season, just to compare. Because typically, new product teams, they spend 70 to 80 million, don't they? Well, it either goes one or two ways. You either do a Fulham or an Aston Villa, where you spend £100 million, or they spend, like, 10 to £15 million. Like, you don't really get much of an in-between. I seem to think Norwich didn't spend that much. Yeah, their top signing was just under four million. Yeah, they spent uh seven point nine million. Is that net or overall? Overall, right? Yeah, so you know they were showing faith, um, and I think you know, yeah, I, I just think this West Brom team lacks a good centre half. At the end of the day, if you put a good centre half in there, I feel like they would definitely be within a good chance of staying up. Um, However, we can't just judge them off of the back of this performance, solely at least, because, you know, it's a very good Everton team that they're coming up against who look like they could be genuine contenders. Like you said, the defence could do with a little bit of shoring up. Um, goalkeeper. Yeah, goalkeeper and, you know, another centre-half. But the midfield three um, and the attacking three, you know, they, they just look brilliant. James, you know, he's just, he's just an absolute world. He always plays his best football under Ancelotti and he's brought that to Everton. Um, and I really like the fluidity of this Everton team. You know, we've seen, you know, um, Ducore be deployed as a number 10 in a 4-2-3-1. We've seen a flat 4-3-3. We've, we've even seen him go to 4-4-2 at times. So, yeah, you know, there's definite formational fluidity if that is a phrase, within this Everton team. Um, and yeah, I'm a big fan of him. Mm-hmm. It was Hammers, he was a free, wasn't he? Um, I think it came out that his, the first, the first ever team he was at, Banfield, they didn't get any money for him, so that suggested that he went on a free. Mm, and he yeah. was going to donate his wages to them anyway. Well, it was either on a free, or it was 
for not very more. I mean, considering what kind of player he was in 2014, that to leave on three six years later is mad. Well, yeah, I mean, he got the... What's that? Well, in 2014, he probably would have been 80 million, maybe. Uh, well, probably not in that market, uh, because, you know, the Neymar deal hadn't happened yet. Um, but... You know, he won the golden ball at the World Cup, so he, he probably was one of the most sought after players at that time. Yeah, transfer marked is saying he went on a free. Yeah. He went for sixty seven point five million to Real Madrid in twenty fourteen. So I was yeah. kinda in the ballpark there with eighty million. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, for all that to you know, go down the drain. It's mad the funds that Real have. Um but yeah, he's looking like it could be a potentially crucial key in this Everton side, because he brings something that they've lacked for the past few years, and that's a bit of creativity, you know. You you look, last season you were looking at likes of Bernard and Theo Walcott and Gilby Sigurdsson to provide that creativity, um, and it just wasn't coming. Uh, whereas with James Rodriguez, you know, he looks like he could potentially be the main driving force in this Everton side. Mm-hmm, yeah. I mean, they've been lacking a goal-scoring midfielder since Sigurdsson a couple of years ago. So, I, I, the only decor is good, but Alan hasn't shown his worth quite yet. Um, well, I believe he has, but it's just more in different ways because he's more of a um, more of a holding midfielder, isn't he, Alan? He's more of a ball winner. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you're not going to notice him as much as you are Hammers, who's doing these fancy passes. Um, I've been impressed by Alan. Um. You know, I mean, he was only, what, like 20 million or something like that? Yeah. You know, so for a player like that, you know, I think it's a relatively decent deal for Everton. Um, you know, and it allows the likes of Gomez and Ducore to push further forward. Yeah. Do you want Ducore going forward, though? Well, that was probably where he was at his best at Watford, was deployed as a number 10. Oh, OK. Or at least in my opinion, that was where he was deployed at his best. Yeah, they have been missing a player like Idris Gay and Ducore's. The best like for like in that in that situation. Mm, yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like we said, I mean, it was a really impressive display from this new Everton team. Um, can you see him challenging for a European place? Can you see him being this year's uh, Leicester or Wolves potentially? Well, I predicted them before the season to finish sixth, so I'm gonna stick with that for now. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know. It seems like every year, you know, people seem to predict Everton, oh, this is the year they finally break into that top six and it never happened. But this definitely feels like the closest that they've been in a while because there's something tangible to latch onto. Um, so, yeah, it'll be exciting to see. Um, have you got all else you want to add on to that game? I think more needs to be said about uh, Calvert Lewin. Really good. Oh, pick. yeah. I mean, not to gloss over him getting a hat trick. I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, He's, he is a very good forward. Like, you know, so you never really hear his name in the England discussions, um, which, you know, you'd think he'd be at least on the fringes. I mean, 13 goals last season is a, definitely an impressive return. Um, and yet, with Hammers, um, as well as the likes of Ducore, um, he could, you know, really kick on and, you know, get a lot better of a figure this season. I mean, he's already got three. You know, now. Uh, he's got four, I think. Oh, did he score um, yeah, he's got four. against Spurs? Yep. Yeah, he was yeah, the one. Yeah. He's top scorer with 
um, another player who grabbed four. Solid, it. Yeah, well, I was trying to tease it, but all right. All right. Oh, so sorry, I um completely misread your tone there, Harry. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I'm I'm really impressed by Calvert Lewin. I definitely think that he will be in the conversation for next season's Euro squad. I mean, I think Danny Ings has been very unlucky, um, because you know, um, yeah. It will. It's very unlikely that he replicates last season's performance this season. Um, Not on this Saints side, Jesus. Exactly. Um, and you know, with the likes of Calvert Lewin knocking on the door, uh, Tammy Abraham likely won't get as much game time as he did last season. Um, this could be a chance for Calvert Lewin to force his way into that England team. Or Patrick Bamford. Or Patrick for the deep Bamford. I mean, you know, we might as well use that as an excuse for a smooth transition into Leeds 4, Fulham 3. Um, go on, let, I'll let you go first. Um, what were your thoughts on this another seven-goal thriller? Yeah, um, I'm just glad Fulham lost, really. Um, I don't know, Leeds made it a tougher game than it really should have been, in my opinion, I think. Considering they went 4-1 up, they really went to sleep at the back and... It allowed Fulham to become into almost touching distance of them, but they were able to, you know, get themselves sorted at the back and keep it, keep the three points um, in their pocket. But yet again, another poor performance from Rodrigo, who's twenty-seven million, um, being dragged off at half time. Yeah, uh, just yeah, this this one wasn't for. Uh, any defensive enthusiasts because there was absolutely none of that. I 100%. Um, yeah, I thought it was interesting. Fulham made five changes, I believe. It was either four or five changes. Um, so it was, you know, essentially half of a new Fulham team. Um, and, you know, I wouldn't say they looked that much better than they did against Arsenal. I think, you know, they had some good build-up play against Arsenal. They just lacked a final ball, whereas now... You know, with Mitrovic up front, with you know, like some Tete out wide, um, they did look a little bit more clinical in the final third. Um, so yeah, it was interesting to see Scott Parker making a decision like that um, so early on in the season. Um, and yeah, it also says a lot about form that you know when they went four one down, they managed to almost pull it back. Um, but yeah, like you say, you know. Neither defence really shone this game. Um, yeah, it, uh, yeah, it was just it was a, a very poor defensive showing from both sides. Um, not to take away from the attacking intent. Um, what did you think of the two penalty shouts? Uh, what, what did you think of them? Yeah, yeah, I think I would have probably given them. Yeah, I mean the first one, the Fulham one. Um, that's the second penalty that Cock has given away in. Um, two games you know uh i mean it looked like cock were trying to pull out um but he couldn't really uh and that will be the first of many cock jokes that will come throughout the season um and yeah as for the least penalty uh yeah shoving the back you know i don't think there can be many complaints mm-hmm. woeful debut for um alfonso ariano as well mm. yeah it, it, it wasn't the best performance shall we say um, I mean, you know, when Leeds are having seven shots on target and four of them are going in, you know, you do have to question. 
This is a league-winning goalkeeper. Mad. Yeah, but it is PSG to be fair. Yeah. No, I'm sure I could win the. <laughs> I guess. Um, I don't. I don't know why Mitrovic is still at Fulham. Don't know how he hasn't gone to a bigger club yet. Whether it be abroad or within England. I mean, he had 26, 27 goals last season. And... It's definitely an odd one, yeah. Um, I mean, you know, and even the season before, it was, what, like 13, 14 goals in the Premier League. You know, Mitrovic has a very good goal-scoring record. Um, and, you know, I wonder whether any, you know, quote-unquote bigger clubs will be looking at Mitrovic. Um I think he'd suit someone like West Ham. Oh, well, you know, I wouldn't really say West Ham was that much of a step up, to be honest with you. Um, I think West Ham will be down there. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. But, well, yeah. If you get a player like him, I think he'd definitely help their case. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, West Ham's wars are a bit more defensive than, you know, attacking-wise. Um, uh, true. But, yeah, it's an odd one, you know. Um, he's definitely good enough to play for a bigger side. Um yeah, and I mean, you know, if you replace Joel Linton with Mitrovic in that Newcastle side, then you're looking at a completely different team. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's definitely an odd one. Uh, but I think he just seems to love form, to be honest with you. Um, you know, from what I've seen, what I've heard, you know, the fact that Fulham were, were taking a chance on him when at Newcastle he had a reputation of being, you know, a bad boy, you know, getting sent off. Um, and I think he's sort of repaying that trust that Fulham showed him with loyalty, which, you know, I think is very admirable. There's not much loyalty in modern football, and it's good to see um, Mitrovic appearing to show some, at least. I mean, he's a bit like Alfredo Morelos. Mm. You know, he's he likes being a big fish. Mm. Well, didn't Morelos go to Lille? Or am I making that up? No, he's still at Yeah. All right, I thought... I could have sworn that he was... Um... Uh, he's played six games. Doesn't look like he... Um, three goals. Well, then I could have sworn it. He went to either Lille or Dortmund. Um, there was definitely heavy links. Um, Are you on about? Uh, oh, who's that Nigerian striker? Oshiman. Oh yeah, Oshiman. Yeah. Yeah, I completely butchered the pronunciation. Uh, no, I knew he went to Napoli, but I swear. Well, no. Oh no, Lille bought Jonathan David, didn't they? Oh yeah, from Ghent. Yeah. Yeah. I swear Morelos went somewhere. Canada's team looks pretty decent. Yeah, I mean, got Jonathan David, Alfonso Davies, Scott Arfield, you know. I knew you were going to mention him. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd take him back at Burnley, Scott Arfield. He we, he won't be able to play at the 2026. Yeah, yeah he will. He'll, he'll still be buggering on then. What will he be? You know, 38? You know, <laughs> how long did Pearl on? You know, Buffon's still playing fucking international football. Jesus Christ. Is he? Well, he's still playing top-level football. He probably retired. Oh, yeah, Jonathan Osorio. He's... Mm. Yeah, that's Canada's team for three players. Right. Um, anyway, have you got all else to say about this um, Leeds form game, or have we to move on to... Oh, my God, Junior Hoylet's... The... What the hell? Um, not really, no. Uh, well, it's their first points in 16 years in the Premier League. Mm. And... Yeah. yeah. Um, I think Leeds will be fine this season, to be honest with you. I underestimate... Yeah. Uh, which is fine, because I think a lot of people overestimate them. Um, but anyway, to move on to this Man United-Crystal Palace game, um, <laughs> a, yeah, a big shock, and I think it very much highlighted um, how, much they mit- how, how much they missed Nemanja Matic and why 
I feel like it's a mistake that they haven't bought a younger Matic. Because they got Scott McTominay. Well, they're very different types of players, aren't they? McTominay, similar to the Van der Beek role, is someone who likes to get forward, whereas Matic is purely, you know, the midfielder who just sits in front of the back four. I don't think Matic would have made much. United were poor. United were very poor, yes. The issue was the end product. Mm. Um. So I don't, I don't think if you had to start Matic in there, maybe they would have probably conceded a goal less. I think, I think the result, I think the points were still going to go to Palace. Mm. Maybe. Um. I mean, you know, Palace ended the game with what twenty four percent possession. So that just shows that their main attacking forces were, you know, using Zaha, using Ayu, using Townsend, using Schlupp, and later using Eze when he was brought in. Um, on the counter-attack, um, and that was their main attacking force. So, in my opinion, if you put Nemanja Matic instead of Scott McTominay, that defence is more organised, uh, they're more drilled, and you know they should be able to stop that. Um, however, like you said, very poor games for the three forwards, Martial, Rashford and James, who came off at half-time for Mason Greenwood, who didn't really have that much of an impact either. Um, even chucked on a garter. Yeah, exactly. Um, it was a very desperate performance, a very desperate um, act from Ollie. You know, which you know, what ten minutes to go and you're two one down. You've got to do whatever you can. Um, last night in the Luton game, they were that, that desperation. Exactly. I think, yeah. I don't think they need to be looking. For, well. I think they need to actually get serious with this interest in Sancho. So at the moment, it's just a bit of a joke. Exactly. I mean, they, they either need it. to just pay up or move on and bring in someone else. Yeah. Apparently, the latest bid has actually made Dortmund board laugh. Exactly. Yeah. They said they want 108 million. I don't know why they aren't. He's not a player you're going to negotiate for. You pay it and you get him in. Exactly. Yeah. Um. And what did you make of the, um, at least in Gary Neville's eyes, controversial? Oh my god! I don't know why they get him on commentary. That's what I mean. You, you know, you can't have ex-players of a club commentate on the the club that they used to play for. You know, like because they're obviously going to be biased, aren't they? Yeah, but not only that, they had him on the Salford game in which he's a stakeholder. Exactly. That's even worse. Why don't you get Roman Abramovich to talk about Chelsea? Exactly, yeah. I'm just what, what, what it, regardless of what Gary Neville may or may not have thought, what did you make of the... Stonewall. The, the new rules have been set. They're now... That is now the rules. You can't just... Although, didn't we see the, a similar incident in the Arsenal game? Uh, yeah. Um, and I that think that was... Differently. You know, yeah. Um, and I think that was the argument. Um but yeah, for me, it is a penalty. Um, and for me as well, you know, it should be retaken, you know, regardless of what Mr. Neville thought, you know, De Gea was off the line. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The only thing that I disagree with is that if a penalty is retaken, I don't believe that you should be able to change who takes the penalty. I think, you know, it should yeah. be whoever took the penalty has to retake it. That's my opinion. Oh, no. I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it impacts. Well, no, it's not in the rules, but like you know, it's meant to be t- retaken. Not, it's not a different penalty. Yeah. You know? mm. 
Because how you've missed that penalty, so, you know, psychologically, if he has to take another one, it could have been a completely different game. Because De Gea gave himself the advantage to save it. Mm. So, I think... But that's not going through his mind, is it? No. no. I'm not saying, you know, it would have been a game-changer. I'm just saying, you know, that's my opinion, is that, you know, it should be retaken by the person who took it originally. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but you would have thought that or you would have gone and... Mm, yeah. Potentially. Well, I thought Zahar I thought Zaha was deserving of a goal. Two goals in fact. Yeah, he managed to grab a brace this game. Um it seems like the Zaha leaving rumours that were incessant last season have finally quietened down. Um he seems pretty much settled at Crystal Palace. Um and he's back to his best from the looks of it anyway. Mm-hmm. Donny van der Beek came on. Made an instant impact um, in a really scrappy goal, but didn't really change much. Mm, exactly. Um, I, 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 I am a fan of Van der Beek. Don't get me wrong, um, but you know, at the end of the day, he's not going to start. You know, so he started last night and he was poor. Yeah, um, but you know that you know the players around him as well. You've got to take that into account. You know, he had Juan Mata and Jesse Lingard either side of him. Mm, yeah, exactly. I mean, if you put Van der Beek into this team, would he have done well? This not a good. That's not a good argument because the whole team played poorly as well against Palace. Um, mm. But you know, regardless, I, I do rate him as a player. I think he was really good at Ajax. Um, but yeah, I just think you know that money could have been spent more wisely. Yeah, yeah. It's poor defending yet again. Goalkeeper is in well outside of the penalty save. He's Shocking. I think Henderson's performance performance last night proves that De Gea should be the number two now. Do you think he will be dropped? I think he will have to take another... Either he's going to make another mistake, which costs him a game, or Henderson makes good on a like rotation. I think uh, also praise to um, Kuyata um, at the back and Guaita and that. Oh, yeah. Very defensively solid with Crystal Palace. Uh, you know, I mean, Manu with 76% of the ball, they couldn't really do much with it. Crystal Palace were very solid at the back. Um, Nine of their 17 shots were blocked. Yeah, which is, you know, a remarkable start. That's more than half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of which the four that were on target, three were saved. Yeah. Um, only, only one shot that was on target. Went. Yeah, I mean, you know, it wasn't a very good performance on the attacking end for um, Man United. They were, yeah, it's just they just didn't seem great. I mean, you know, Dan James for fifteen million pounds from the Championship, you can't be asking much more. But he is not Man United quality at the end of the day. And Mason Greenwood is still a young kid. You can't be relying on him constantly. Um, you know, if I'm Man United, it's a no-brainer the Sancho deal for me. Um, I'm sure a lot of Man United fans would agree with me for that. Um, however, I, I, the more the saga goes on, the less and less likely it is to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we've seen Man United miss out on a number of targets um, in this window. You know, Sancho, Reguilón, Gareth Bale, you know, Thiago Alcantara, Gabriel. You know, they were all linked with moves to Man United, but eventually either have decided to stay at their own club or move someplace else. 
Um, and you've got to question the recruitment system that is in place at Man United. I mean, they don't currently have a director of football, which for a top-flight club is very odd. Ed Woodward decides to do all the negotiations himself. Um, nice shit. Exactly. We've seen Man United's pants be pulled down consistently, basically, um, you know, in terms of transfer fees. Um, and, yeah, I feel like a director of football is definitely needed for Manchester United to deal with the negotiations. Mm-hmm. I just think United are just glorified penalty mark. Mm. I think that's ultimately what it comes down to. Either they're getting their goals scrappily or it's coming from eight yards away, usually by Fernandez. Mm. Yeah, um, it, it is a tricky one. I mean, I, I do think Man United on the day are a really good side. Um, you know, but uh, I, I don't know. I, I just think they are lacking in one or two areas, you know. Whereas in some in some places they've got elite players. In other places they've got in other places they've got players what just aren't good enough for the club. You know, simple as that. I'm just looking at their last couple of games in the Europa League, and they've been one, or rather, their their goal scorer has been Fernandez from the spot. Mm. And then they had Mata last night scoring. From... Mm. I think. Do you think Palace? Could be dark horses for Europe League sports. Um, potentially. I mean, it is early to say. Um, You've got Everton. Yeah, I think that will be a big game um, to sort of see. Um, yeah, because I mean, you know, you've got the likes of Wolves and um, Leicester, which are, who are obviously going to be up there. Um, you know, along with your stereotypical big six. Um, so, yeah, it will be, you know, it'll be a tough one to see whether or not, you know, they can push on. Because um, I feel like with Crystal Palace, it's sort of been the same as, you know, Tony Pulis's side used to do. It was get to 40 points and then that was it. They never used to get any more. Because um, I think last season, didn't they lose like the last eight games in a row or something mad like that? Because they were already safe, so they had nothing to fight for. So it's just whether they can actually kick on this time and not just settle for the 40 points. Um, yeah, they, they won... Oh, no, sorry. Yeah, they, they only picked up points against Spurs. Mm. Yeah. Lost to Liverpool, lost to Burnley, lost to Leicester, lost to Chelsea, lost to Villa, lost to United, lost to Wolves, and then got a 1-1 draw in the final. Mm. I mean, you know, granted, apart from Burnley and Villa, you know... They are some very hard fixtures. Um, well, Burnley and Villa are both not slouches, but you know they they were games where they could have picked up points, whereas the other games you didn't really expect them. You know, however, you know it is something that would have to be addressed. The fact that they just because they seem to do it for quite a few seasons in a row now, just you know settle for the forty points. Mm. I think it's sort of a, a waiting game for Palace. To be honest with you. Um, I think Hodgson is performing too well to be sat. Um, so I think they're essentially just waiting for him to retire before they bring in a young manager and they can kick on. Um, I don't think it's got anything to do with manager when you lose eight games in a row after you've hit that 40-point threshold. I think it's just laziness by the players because they know their season's over at that point. Um, well, you know, it, it, like it, it probably is partially down to the manager. You know, if the manager is constantly saying, you know, 40 points, 40 points, 40 points, 40 points, you know, once they re- and once they reach 40 points, it's the manager's dob- 
job to keep them motivated. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Good point. Should we get into the Arsenal? Yeah, um, we can do. Um, not the most convincing performances from Arsenal, um, but they did manage to eke out the win. Um, yeah, it, it was a strange one. I mean, on another day, West Ham get you know, all three points here. Arsenal defensively weren't as solid, you know, um, then ended up making two changes, bringing Kalasinac for Tierney, who picked up an injury, I believe, and Saka for Maitland-Niles, which means, oh, no, they also brought in Ceballos for El Nene. Um, so those are three changes that are going to make the side more fragile defensively, because um, they're more attack-minded players. And you add that on to, you know, um, the inexperience of Gabriel. Um, there were quite a few times where Arsenal were caught out at the back during this game by, you know, the pace of Antonio. Yeah, I agree. A different day, different scoreline because West Ham were the better side, but like you said, Arsenal were able to edge it out. Um, I think more needs to be made of West Ham's defence. Uh, just second. Right. All right, go on. I think more needs to be made of West Ham's defence because they really shouldn't have let Arsenal score from very, very few attempts. I mean, they had half what West Ham did. Um, and like we mentioned in the other game, there was an incident where it, the handball was interpreted differently and then mm. a penalty wasn't given. So maybe a bit of um, luck on Arsenal's side for not giving away a penalty there. Maybe we'd have been talking about that, that different scenario in West Ham picking up three points. But he's saying Ketia got in the scoreline. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Um, I mean, that was definitely, um, you know, it was definitely needed from Ketia. He had a pretty poor season last season, um, you know, and, you know, there were questions as to whether he had a future at Arsenal. Uh, he definitely didn't perform as. Um, he didn't have as exciting a season as you know some of his other youth prospects. Um, so that was definitely needed from Ketcher. Uh, Lacazette seems to be performing really well this season, so I'm not sure how many chances he'll get. Um, but the signs are encouraging, definitely. Well, I, th- I think we're seeing improvements in Lacazette because he's now gone with Lacazette in the middle and Aubameyang on the wing rather than vice versa. I didn't really buy Lacazette as a wide player. No. Um, and would you say that Arsenal playing a three-four-three or a five-two-three? Saka, um, weird one. Uh, I mean, you know, I'd argue it's more of a three-four-three, mm-hmm. um, purely because of how high the likes of Saka and Bellerin go. Mm-hmm. Is um, is there much else added? Um, uh, one thing I will say is, um, what did you make of Burnt Leno's performance? Um, I mean, you know, Arsenal obviously have, you know, shown full faith in Leno, um, you know, selling his competition, Martinez, to um, Aston Villa. Obviously, we'll get onto that game, but he, he had a very good performance. Um, so what did you think of Leno? And do you think Arsenal made the right choice in backing Leno? Uh it's hard to say, but given that Leno is more of a first-team keeper and Martinez has only been able to shine because of Leno's injury. Was it his injury? He broke his hand, in I believe so, yes. Yeah, so 
And then you, you always uh, keep faith in the in a player that's been there longer, and well, not been there longer, but been starting more games than him. Yeah. And Martinez is only he's twenty nine and only now hitting. Four. You know how quickly does that last? Whereas Leno is wasn't he, wasn't he like one of the most consistent keepers last season? Um, probably up I, there. I I do like Leno. Um, I do think his distribution could do with a bit of improvement. Um. But in terms of his athleticism, he's definitely up there in terms of keepers. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. Distribution isn't a priority, um, depending on the system. I can only think of two keepers that are good at that in the Premier League, which are Edison and Allison. Yeah, I mean, it all depends on the system, really, um, in terms of distribution. Um, Obviously, our Arsenal... The way that uh, Mikel Arteta is wanting them to play, he's wanting his keeper to be at least semi-decent with his feet. So it'll be interesting to see if Leno can um, adapt. Mm. Well, Arsenal, since that game, have bought a backup keeper in Dijon's number two, um, Ronison. Mm. You know, going to a French league team who were mid-table... And looking at their number two, well, no, actually, at their bottom, actually, yeah, their bottom at the moment of the league, and he's not played though. But um, yeah, that's a bit odd. Well, it was just you know, a, you just saw that they could have a backup keeper. It's just you know, a cheap, you know, it's a young keeper, isn't it? He's only like twenty one, twenty two ish. I believe so. I think I read he was twenty nine then. Is it? Oh, I, I could be mistaken. Twenty five. Yeah, which for a Whereas, keeper is yeah. is pretty young. Yeah, but Dijon's number one keeper, albeit he's conceded eight and four, is twenty three, and he's their number one. Yeah, but you wouldn't think he'd come in to sit on the Arsenal bench, would you? True. Yeah, I, I think it was just a case of getting a cheap, decent keeper. You know, so they don't have to rely on Matt Macy if Leno should get injured. He's twenty six. Matt Macy's gonna be. I'm just looking at. If there's any free Arsenal, they're another bargain. Well, they could have gone in for Joe Hart before Spurs poached him. Oh yeah, good point. God, he's, he's so shite. He's so bad. <laughs> uh, I can laugh now because he doesn't play for my club. Oh well, they could have gone for Luca Zidane, yeah. who his own dad released. Anyway, yeah, um, yeah. Aye. Right. Um, are we going to move on to the um, Southampton Spurs game then? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, there's one thing to point out, really. Mm, I think the other player does deserve recognition. Well, you know. He's the first player to do do what he did. Well, yeah, I guess so. Um, you know, I'll let you have the floor here, Harry. Uh, okay, so Harry Kane is the first player in Premier League history to record four assists in a single Premier League game. And... The man he was assisting in all of them, Hongmin Sun, is the first Asian player to score four goals in Europe's top five leagues. The two stats. I mean, you're a big stat man. Um, yeah, I mean, going forward, it was definitely a very impressive performance from Spurs. Um, and I feel like, you know, a front three of Son, Kane and Bale with Bergwijn and Moira bench options... Um, 
that's a really dangerous front line. Add on to that, you know, Matt Doherty and Ruggion will be bombing down the wing. Um, yeah, that is a very dangerous attacking setup for um, Tottenham, which is a bit uncharacteristic of a Jose Mourinho side, especially considering the defence is um, shaky, I'll say. Mm, yeah. Though you are conceding two to the... Well, considering how last season went, the best English striker. Mm. I don't know. Well, I, I was just referring more in general. Um, the, uh, yeah, I guess. In particular during this game. Um, well, yeah, they but, conceded against uh, Lokomotiv. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it wasn't the um, wasn't the best um, from Spurs. Um, I will say, um, yeah, I... Is there a reason that I've missed why Southampton aren't playing Salisu? Is he injured or something? Because you'd think if, you, if you've if you brought in a centre-half for £10 million, you know, you'd want to start him. Uh, I assume he's injured, yeah. I mean, I've, just, I've searched up his name and Hassan Hootel calls him important but isn't playing him, so I'd imagine... He wasn't even named in the 18, never mind in the starting lineup. so I can only assume that he's injured. Yeah, yeah, that's really only... Um, but my God, uh, they need to sort on their defence, and I don't know why they're not doing it, because they definitely have the money. Mm. Yeah, um, I mean, bringing Kyle Walker-Peters was, you know, he's a decent little right-back, and I'm sure he'll turn into um, a relatively good right-back. I mean, I don't think he'll ever be England quality, considering we've got the likes of Trent and Wan-Bissaka... Uh, Reese James coming through, um, even someone like Maitland Niles and Max Ahrens. Um, I don't think he'll ever break into that England team. They um, need finished product. Yeah, um, I feel like bringing in a proven Premier League centre half was similar to what Crystal Palace did with Gary Cahill last season. Um, would do them wonders. Um, I mean, I've read the Saints could be getting rid of. Um, well, not get, but sort of. Uh, don't know what I'm on about. Do you, do you think that James will prowse and Ings will leave this window? I've read um, million for Ings. What was that? Saints will only let Ings go for sixty million. That's six zero. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm a huge Danny Ings supporter. Um, he was nothing but class during his time at Burnley, and I believe he still runs a charity um, in Burnley giving, you know, disadvantaged kids, you know, opportunities in football. Um, and he was nothing but class. He was born in Wind. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's been nothing but class for Burnley. Uh, it was nothing but class in the way that he'd left as well. Um, so I have all, you know, the love and admiration for Danny Ings in the world. And last season, he was probably the best striker in the league, bar Aubameyang. But you could even argue that he was better than Aubameyang. Um with that being said, £60 million for a, what is he, 29? Uh-huh. I yeah. believe he's either 28 or 29. I think he's 28, uh-huh. actually. Um, so for a 28-year-old striker who has had a fair share of injury problems, I feel like that is a very steep asking price. But it's probably just to ward away suitors. I don't think that Palace, yeah, yeah, yeah. that Southampton, sorry, believe that they will actually get that. Well, I don't know whether this is BS or not, because it is Sky Sports, but as of a few hours ago, 
Saints are interested in Tom Davies from Everton. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of that move, to be honest with you. Mm. They also want uh, Oliver Encham from Celtic. Yeah, I'm, I'm more of a fan of that move, definitely. Um, I really like Encham. Is that how you say it? Encham? Yeah. I've read um, they also wanted um, Florentino Louise from Benfica, but he's going to Monaco. Mm. Yeah, I mean, one of the most promising young midfielders. Um, in Europe, you know, football manager players are already familiar with him. Um, but yeah, um, Southampton's recruitment is definitely um, smart financial wise. Um, you know, bringing in you know mainly young players. However, um, you know, they do need a bit more experience and proven quality. You know, someone like a Shane Duffy, you know, would be a decent signing for Southampton, I believe. Uh... Yeah, yeah, but then Brighton are in a similar situation and they'll be better. Mm. Yeah, but they're looking to offload Shane Duffy, I believe. Oh, wait, he's out online at Celtic, isn't he? Oh, is that, has that been confirmed? Yeah. I knew, I knew Celtic were interested, but I didn't know that had been confirmed. Um, uh. Well, apparently, um, Buffal's going out on loan. To- yeah, I won't be surprised. I mean, you know, people like Elianusi and Buffal and Lamina, you know... If clubs aren't interested in buying them, you at least need to get them off the wage bill. Well, I mean, that's going to Fulham. Yeah, so, which is a good start. And I believe El Yanusi went to Celtic as well, didn't he? Oh, uh, yeah, that one's about. Yeah. Um, anyway, we're about an hour in. Um, I'm going to move on to um, Thingy. That, that's a real help, Thingy. Um, no, we're going to move on to um, uh, you know, absolutely brilliant performance from Brighton. Uh-huh. 3-0 against Newcastle. Um, oh, I thought Newcastle were promising after their win last week. Um, but this game proves otherwise. Because Neil Malpai and Aaron Connolly just were... Well, they, they took the piss in the first 10 minutes. Basically, yeah. Um, yeah, I, mean, I know they've signed Jamal Lewis, but there more needs to be done about their back line. Um, the goalkeeper. Well, you know, when Dubravka's gone, I was about to say you've got to take into account that Dubravka's injury. Um, and I mean, you know, I I like Newcastle's backline. I think between Jamal Lewis, uh, Jamal Lewis, Jamal Lascelles, um, Federico right. Fernandez, and Fabian Share, you have three decent centre halves there. I just think it was a poor game. Mm, yeah, there are, there are players in the, in their lineup who. Should not be near that Newcastle team, in my opinion. Well, I mean, I can believe that you're looking at one particular player. Um, yeah, I'm looking at two other. Well, with the exception of Darlow, then two other players. Well, Darlow's a backup, really. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I can assume the two players that you're looking at. Um, yeah, I don't know why Andy Carroll's still starting in the Premier League. Yeah, that's why. The other two players are Mankio. And Isaac Hayden. Isaac Hayden, really? Yeah, I, just, I, I think he's just unnecessarily brutal. I, 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 there's some players who are have like a method to their madness. He just goes in with a tackle, and you know, his his intent is to hurt the other person, not to go for the ball. So I just think he's a bit of a reckless player. Um, in the red cards that he gets. Um, I mean, well, I haven't said that the red card that Brighton got. Was as reckless as they can as they come. I was about to say, you know, <laughs> like, um, 
I think he'd be a, probably be a bit harsh on Hayden. I, I really like Isaac Hayden. Um, but yeah, the red card for Bissouma. Um, yeah, I mean, it wasn't, you know, you know, it wasn't deliberate, but it was definitely you a red card. You mean as deliberate as you'd like? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, it was obviously a red card. Uh, oh. I'm just saying it, it wasn't like it was malicious. Really? I thought he, he knew what he's doing there. No, I, I, I can't say that I thought he did that, really. I, I, I can't see, I can only see one player that I'd take out of that Brighton team, which would be ours. That's about it. I'd start Pascal Grosso. Mm, yeah. Um, or potentially um, Adam Lallana, um, should he manage to sort out his injury problems. Um, he was really impressed in the first game, at, um, Adam Lallana. Um, oh, he was, and he got subbed over half time. Well, you know, in the first half, he was very impressive until he got injured. Um, mm. But yeah, I am a big fan of this Brighton team. I think they're going to do absolute bits. I think, particularly, Tariq Lamptey on that right hand side is going to have an amazing season. Um, I feel like it's very unlucky that, you know, Lampard has decided to choose James over him. Um, and yet, you know, I can see this Brighton team doing absolute bits. I mean, they're a very young side, but they've also got um, a mix of experience in there, which is what you need. Um, and yeah, I'm a big fan of this Brighton side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Neil Malpai, he'll probably be the key to them being up a lower table, if that makes sense. Mm, yeah, I know what you're saying. Table, but... Yeah, I mean, eight goals was it last season, Neil Mopé? Um, yeah, which, you know, for a player coming from the Championship in his first season in the Premier League, it's not a bad return. Um, you know, but I think that Mopé is capable of stepping up this season as well, sir. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, can we just hold off for the next? Yeah, um, I would give you the floor. Um yeah, we, not the best night at the office for Chelsea, was it? Embarrassing, to be honest. Do, do you ever watch a game and in the opening five minutes you know you're going to lose? Yes, many times. But yeah. that's just been a Burnley fan. <laughs> yeah, well, it was one of those for me where in the first five minutes I said to my dad, we're losing this three now. He was like, what? You know, just we were so lethargic and slow. It was... Dreadful. And then Christensen, I don't know what the hell's going through his head. don't know why the hell Kepa was coming out, but mm. at that point, that's when it was solidified that we were going to lose. <clears throat> um, then we took off Kai Havertz at half-time for, for Kai Tomori, which the right person came on for the wrong person to come off, I think. I know I always have a go at Kante, but in this game in particular, he, he was dreadful. Whenever he came forward, he was as directionless as they come. He was a lot like Winnie Ann, constantly running into trouble with the ball and then instantly getting dispossessed. Just if you if you don't know what you're doing going forward, stay back. Um, there's only two players who I can really praise, and that's Kovacic and Werner. Mm, yeah, I think the problem with Kante is that. Similar to Paul Pogba a couple of years ago, he's been asked to play a position that he really isn't. You know, Jorginho takes up that number six role, so Kante is being forced to move forward. You can't have a double pivot that both stay deep. Um, Why? Well, you know, especially for you know this Chelsea team, it relies on dynamic movements in the final third. You know, and a lot of bodies. 
Um, so I don't, I don't think Kante really works in this Chelsea team unless Jorginho were to go. Um, no, get rid of Kante. Mm. I, I'm, they need to sell him. Mm. I mean, you could probably get a decent fee for him. Yep. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, get, back. get rid of him. Get rid of him. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, the Christensen red card, I mean, was essentially a rugby tackle. Um, yeah, I mean, it was you know, pretty clear sending off. Um, and yeah, you know, I mean, again, you know, with 10 men against, you know, the champions last season, you know, it was always going to be a struggle. Um, and Sadio Mane getting a brace, he was very good. You know, um, at the end of the day, it was, you know, pretty routine from Liverpool, to be honest. You know, um, Fabinho, as a centre-half, played really well. I was really impressed by him. Um, but you don't want that to be a regular thing. I know both Gomez and Matip were injured. Um, but Fabinho's best position is obviously in that number six role. You know, It allows you know Henderson to have more freedom. Um, and I think that highlights that Liverpool do need a fourth centre-back. Even if it's, you know, someone who they buy on the cheap for like £15 million, you know, they could do with a fourth centre half, um, and yeah, you know, all around, it was you know a pretty routine performance for Liverpool. Is that is that um Laruki whatever he's called? Is he not good enough? I haven't I haven't seen too much of him, to be honest with you. I won't be able to comment. Okay, that Kepa, he why did we play a mistake after mistake after mistake, and it was such a big mistake because. You might, you take away that that big error and you have Jorginho score his penalty. We could have been talking about a completely different game oh, where wow. maybe Chelsea got undeserved point or whatever. And Sky had such a big boner for Thiago Alcantara. But mm. when you actually analyse his game, he gave away a penalty. I don't care if you think it was soft or not, he gave away a penalty. And his passes, yes, it was 90% accurate, but they were either lateral or backwards. He didn't play many forward passes. Mm. So if, if that's your first time seeing Thiago, you were probably very underwhelmed and wondering why he's got such hype. Yeah, I mean, he is a good player. You know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. But if if we're basing it on this game alone, he wasn't he wasn't the player that he was built up to be if this no. was the first time seeing no. it. Well, he's got time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He definitely started my team next time. Um, because he, because Allison redeemed him with the save. <sighs> Just the curse of the commentator there when they were saying, "Oh, he's got a perfect penalty record." Five seconds later, gets saved. I was praying for a bit of um the De Gea moment, you know, where he came off the line, but no, it was completely clean. Too. And I can't wait for ZX Silver Pulisic and Chilwell. Oh. Yeah, once Pulisic especially, I think once they come back in, I think we're talking about a completely different Chelsea side. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, if you got else you want to add? Yeah, I'd, I'd start Silver and Tom. Mm. Yeah, that could be a really good uh, potential partnership. Um, Wait, what am I on about Rudiger as well? Rudiger over um... Rudiger. That surprises me. I mean, um, you were very critical of Rudiger last season, so he's the best. Of a bad tip that we have at the mm. God, I feel sorry for um, Thiago Silva. Mm. A lot of cleaning up. Clean up. Yeah. Should we get into your team? Oh, uh, yeah, we can do. Um, I think this definitely calmed a lot of my nerves. Um, 
you know, I've maintained before the season that we weren't going to get relegated. And, you know, with a performance like this, you know, I, you know, that's given me a lot more confidence. I know we lost the game 4-2, um, but considering A, the amount of injuries we had, and B, just, you know, the quality of this Leicester team, you know, at the end of the day, um, we, you know, we weren't expecting to get anything. I was personally expecting to get absolutely hammered. Um, so we did put in a valiant performance. Um, you know, the, you know, there was times where we really caused this Leicester side problems. Um, you know, and you know, we could have very easily been talking about a different game. We could have very easily gotten something. You know, Chris Wood hitting the post late on, um, and Eric Peters was unlucky with that. Um, with that um, own goal, I think Port would have definitely had it covered had it not deflected off of Peters. Um, I think so Pope it, should have done better. What's that? Pope should have done better. Um, what for the own goal? Yeah. Well, you know, it was. If it, if it doesn't come off Peters, I think he has it. it he oh, just gets unlucky because it goes behind him. He wasn't expecting the deflection. Mm, yeah, but it was more or less. Mm, yeah, I mean, I can see what you're saying, but I don't really blame Pope. Um. The injury to Brady as well is another worry. I mean, Brady and Goodmanson have both, you know, we've both known, well, I say we've both known, I've known that for a while that they've both made of glass and have just gone out and proven this, um, that we need a winger even more. Um, yeah, I mean, we are interested, apparently, according to Chris Borden, who's a pretty reliable source, um, that we are interested in Harry Wilson from Liverpool. And that sort of really reminds me of the Brady transfer, you know, a player who was you know, relegated but showed flashes of quality. Um, and I hope that Sean Dash will be able to bring it out of him, albeit without the injury problems. Um, and yeah, it looks like we are starting to move a little bit. Um, Dale Stephen, what's that? I think you need about seven players. Well, I, w- I, won't, I wouldn't be that drastic. Um, yeah, there's three players on your bench, I don't know. And now you've got, an, you've got two injuries, so that's five. And let's say Tarkovsky leaves, so that's six. And then... Uh, you were playing a young lad, albeit he scored at centre back. Hmm. So, uh... Yeah, um, I mean, I, I, I won't really go that far. I mean, when everyone's back and fit, I feel like we've got a decent team. We just need a couple of you know reinforcements. Um, Dale Stevens is having his medical as we speak, reportedly, um, which is a good thing. I mean, thirty-one years old. He's not exactly the youngest, but we should get a decent few years out of him as a backup for seven hundred and fifty grand. You know, what more can you ask for? Um, but the most exciting bit of news that is coming out of Burnley is that reportedly um, we are looking to be taken over by American owners. Um, Have they you know, again, this is Chris Borden reporting this. Um, but it's the same people that were interested in um, Sheffield United um, uh, you know, before the Shakes ended up taking over. ALK Capital. Um, They've, you know, previously had interest in Salt Lake, Salt Lake City, so they clearly have an interest in football. Um, and yeah, I would be really keen to see this go ahead. Um, I feel like Mike Garlic has been a very, you know, great chairman over these past ten years or so. Um, but if the club is serious about, you know, maintaining Premier League status consistently, then the club has outgrown Mike Garlic. You know, um, I would. Thank Mike Garlic for making the club as stable as it is, as financially viable as it is. Um, but the club has advanced past him. You know, Mike Garlic is worth forty million pounds. You know, he's worth half of Harry Maguire. Um, so to see these Americans come in, I would be more than welcoming of that. 
Has um, Musk got a um, bunch of money? Well, reportedly they do, yeah. How much? Do you, uh, is it public how much the fee could be? Uh, no, it's, it's not been um, public yet, but you know, I'm sure it would be for a decent amount. How much do you think, Ben? Is- um, I'm not sure. I mean, because the thing is, the owner wouldn't be taking on any debt. Um, we are a pretty established Premier League club. Um, we've recently just built an entire new training complex. Um, it's just the fact that we don't have much potential for overseas. We don't have much overseas branding. Uh, most Burnley fans are from Burnley. Um, Mark puts you at what, 135 million. Um, I think that that'd probably be a decent figure. That's probably around about the right amount. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see us go for roughly that much. Um, yeah, I mean, you know. Do you think he's, they're, they're the sort of people to stamp their authority and make some signings? Um, well, I mean, I wouldn't be... Um, I, I wouldn't know is the honest answer. Um, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I well and truly feel that a backed Sean Dyche could be, you know, a consistent top six pusher for us. Um, you know, yeah. given the a right amount of money. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. You know. Um, however, you know, I'm I'm not sure. I mean, a lot of people, you know, Crystal Palace have said, oh no, you don't want American owners. But Crystal Palace have been quite shrewd in the market, so I'm not really sure what they're on about. Um, I think they're talking about Arsenal, Man United. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Glazers and Stan Kroenke aren't exactly the most scrupulous of owners. Um, but then you can talk about the one that Roma's just got. Exactly, yeah. And I mean, Palace have American owners. Do they? Yeah. It was um, Steve Parrish. Um, I could be wrong. I swear Palace oh. have... Or, or they might have, like, American shareholders or something like that. Yeah, Steve Parrish, um, someone called David Blitz, I kind of sound American. Joshua Harris, where's he from? Oh, they've, they've got investors. Oh, he's a billionaire. Yeah, okay, you're uh, right. Josh Harris and David Blitzer are both American. Ah, are they major? Oh, no, they only got 18% stake. Right. Yeah, I thought it was mostly Parrish. I think Parrish is a good owner, considering the transfers that they've recently made and how far they've come as a club. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'd be all for the takeover, personally. I feel like it would definitely be... Um, I don't want to say an improvement on Garlic, because for what we were, Garlic's been great, but I feel like for what we want to be, then these owners could be a good step forward. Um, you know, if Garlic were to leave tomorrow, I would thank him. I know I have been critical of Garlic, um, but... You know, I would. You know, I I would like to see Garlic leave, but I would definitely appreciate what he gave us. Um, you know, he's a Burnley lad. He supports Burnley. He's from Burnley, um, and but the club has just outgrown him. So hopefully the deal goes through, and hopefully Sean Dyche gets the financial backing that he definitely deserves. Um, what sort of players would you like to see in sort of your who, who you can sort of attract for... Um, well, I mean, to be honest with you, I don't... You know, I'm not expecting us to go out and, you know, sign £30 million players from oh, abroad. No, no, no. You know. But, you know, we should be able to attract top championship players. People like Eberichi Eze, 
people like you know Ben Rama. Um, I've already got an Arsenal. I've got a in the back. Yeah. Um, no, but you know, be people like um, Ebrich Yeze. Um, you know, people like that. And a couple of years ago, we were linked to Calvin Phillips. Um, you know, Ben Pearson is another name that you know consistently keeps cropping up. Um, we should be able to afford those sorts of players at the very least. You know, fifteen million pound players. Um, you know, so I would like to see us go. You know, for players like that, we shouldn't have to be bin dipping for thirty-year-olds who are past the prime. Um, you know, I'm sure Dale Stevens will do a. I'm sure Dale Stevens will do a job, um, but he's not exactly the type of signing you know that you'll get on the back of your shirt because he'll take the club forward. Um, well, Harry Wilson, sixty-five percent likelihood of happening. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't really trust those transfer market recommendations. Um, but really, they put Gil Stevens at ninety percent. So. Yeah, but I mean, that's basically confirmed because he's having his medical. Um, yeah, I mean, Borden says the clubs are interested. The club is interested, but talks haven't opened yet. So I would like to see the move happen. Um, I feel like Sean will be able to get a good player out of Harry, Harry Wills. Um, again, it all depends on wages. Um, whether he'd be willing to take a decent sized pay cut because he, w- he would have to um, but yeah um, it'll be an interesting time to say the least mm-hmm. anyway uh, I could talk about Burnley all night um, but you know we've got two more games to go over um, and we'll start with the earlier one Villa and Sheffield United um, yeah I mean you know first off how is that a red card I'm not being funny. How is that a red card? Uh, uh, it's a red card, in my opinion. Really? Yeah, it was somewhat similar to the Christensen one. He is, he's pulling him back. He's denying. He's pulling him back. You can see that um, the stroke is being slowed down due to it. So, yeah, it's a denial of a goal-scoring opportunity. Therefore, it's a red. No, nah, not for me. I think it's far too soft to have a player sent That's off for that, man. personally. Um it's last man as well, if you want to chat that. Yeah, I know, but I just think it's a bit soft, personally. Oh, Morata's gone on loan to Juve. Who's that? Who's that? Morata's gone on loan to Juve. Yeah, that's because um, Suarez is going to Madrid, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, because uh, Italian authorities are looking into the, um, the legality of the Suarez Italian citizenship thing. Yeah, exactly. Knew what the questions were before yeah. he took the test. This is legal. Oh, uh, I mean, could you imagine a strike force of Diego Costa and Luis Suarez? I mean, Jesus Christ. Um, Jesus, I'd hate to be a defender between those two. Christ. Exactly, yeah. Um, but back to this Villa-Sheffield United game. Villa were actually a very impressive side. They probably performed better here than they did all of last season. I think that's it. Do you think it's news? Well, I wouldn't have said it if I thought I was. I mean, what did you make of this Villa performance? I know it was good, but... I mean... They gave away a penalty, um, and considering they were playing 10 men to only get one goal, um, you know, and considering it was a centre-back that got sent off and they chucked on Ampadu, um, um, yeah, just... I thought Sheffield United were really, really solid at the bat. Maybe that was why Villa were struggling to score. But when you've got the likes of Grealish, Watkins particularly Watkins, you should be getting more than one goal. I mean, they've had 18 attempts, two on target. That doesn't really say to me uh, outstanding performance. Um, 11 shots off target, 
five were blocked. Yeah, I mean, they weren't the most clinical, I'll say that. Um, but in terms of, you know, creating the chances, I felt they did really well. Okay, yeah. And, uh, I mean, their goal came from a defender, Esri Compter. Mm. Um, and it was Tyrone Mings, of all people, who said, ah, because mm. a header to a header. Yeah, that's Mings' place in the England squad, you know, guaranteed for the next six months. Um, I don't know why they keep chucking on Keenan Davis, because he just, he played 18 games last season, no goals. And Mind you, how many of them were off the bench? How many minutes did you... Okay, that's fair enough, but... You know, a player can't really do much if they're given the last 10 minutes or the last 15 minutes. Um, and I think it's mainly, because he's only young, isn't it, Keenan Davis? I th- he's only like 20, isn't he? So it's more to just give him... You know that Premier League experience, so that you know, in in a couple of years' time, he'll be ready to start um, consistently. I mean, I would like to see a potential loan move into the Championship for Keenan Davis. I feel like that would really do good for his career—a regular starting place in a side. Um, however, you know, giving him half an hour here and there that can only be good for his development as well. Well, it seems like he started when Villa were in the Championship because he got 28 games, and even then, he only scored two. Uh, he must have been young then, though, for the hell. He would have been 20. Yeah. No, but I'm, I'm excited to see Bertrand Traore in a bit. Mm. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, he's definitely... Um, he definitely wasn't Leon quality. Um, mm. He was, maybe not last season, but the season before, yeah. Well, the season before he played decent, but, you know. Last season, I'd agree with you, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I feel like... Is like the pie. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the thing is with Traore is that it would allow Jack Grealish to fill a more free role in midfield if you put Traore out wide with Trezeguet. Oh, well, you, what, you're putting Grealish in the middle? Just... Well, it would probably allow him a freer role in that midfield, Grealish. Yeah, I'd put him where Horahane typically is. I rate John McGinn. Um... Yeah, I think he's a decent role midfield. He played well last season up until his injury. Mm-hmm. I think if they can get Ollie Watkins and Traore and Trezeguet getting going, then you could potentially see a mid mid table finish. Yeah. I mean unlike last season, I think Villa have recruited very wisely. Um mm-hmm. bringing in Emilio Martinez, um, who is, you know, a very good goalkeeper as he proved against Arsenal, with you know, Pepe Reina going back and Tom Heaton not looking like he's returning anytime soon. They needed a goalkeeper, and Martinez has filled that void. Uh, and Matty Cash as well, one of the most promising young players in the Championship. You know, a brilliant right-back for Nottingham Forest. I feel like that's a very smart addition to the Villa lineup as well. Um, Ollie Watkins, I believe, you know, personally, I feel like he was probably slightly overpriced, but I'm sure he'll do well. Um, and Bertrand Traore as well. You know, I'm sure he'll be a decent little addition to the Villa team. You think he was overpriced for a player who got 26 goals at 24? Well, uh, yeah, I feel like a player who has never made played a Premier League game going for £30 million is probably a little bit excessive. Or mm. He's never played a top... He's never even played a top flight game, I'll say. What do you mean? He, he scored 10 and 10 for Western Superman. What are you on about? Jeez. Um, I do... I kind of feel bad for Sheffield United because post-restart, they really haven't looked that same spark as we saw before that. Where they, they were knackered, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Well, they were a really well gelled, hard working unit, and now, well, their their strength has always been in their defence. Their attack 
I mean, David McGoldrick, Ollie McBurney, Billy Sharp, and now Ollie Burke, who uh, I don't know how it would turn out. He's light and quick, but I don't think he's the sort of player that suits. They need to find a goal score. Aye. Um, yeah, I mean, the um, replacement of Henderson from Ramsdale was a downgrade. Um, and, yeah, like, I don't know. I just feel like they need a little bit of a spark, that Sheffield United team. It's, it's essentially the same team, um, you know, besides Ramsdale in goal for Henderson. Um, so, yeah, I just, you know, I I feel like they could, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, they brought in Jane Bogle and Max Law, neither of whom made the 18, which, you know, I'm confused by. Um, I feel like they're two very good full-backs. Um, Are they primarily quite well, well, I'd say Jaden Bogle is definitely. Um, Max Law, I wouldn't be too sure about, but, you know, they do need a, a little bit of an extra spark, the Sheffield United, and I feel like that could potentially give them a different element. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Sheffield United have a bit of work. Mm. I think Chris Roger is definitely good enough to steer them away from any sort of relegation battle, but if they want to be punching above their weight like they did before the restart, um, then, yeah, recruitment's needed. Because mm. football is a cruel game that you can... One one minute you think you're safe, the next um, could be in a relegation. Exactly, yeah. I mean, I don't believe in second-season syndrome. I think that's a lot of bollocks, yeah. to be honest with you. Um, but it feels like Sheffield United... Um, oh, they just they just look like they're tired, the whole team. You know, it don't feel like the break... Um, it sort of, like, halted all their momentum. Um yeah, and in fairness, there is very, very little rotation done. They don't really get a break as such. Exactly, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I feel like, you know, I, I still don't think Sheffield United will struggle, um, but I can't see, they definitely won't do as well as last season. I feel like, a, you know, mid-table finishes on the cards for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you got else you want to add on Villa or Sheffield United? Not really, just... Uh... I mean, I'm surprised we got that much of a conversation. Yeah, I know. I mean, for a 1-0. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, we'll move on to the final game. Um, what were your thoughts on Man City beating Wolves 3-1? Really underwhelmed by the Wolves. Um, Rui Patricio kept the score respectable because uh, City could have really, really d- made a mockery of Wolves and really, you know... I mean, if you're beating the side of Wolves pretty comfortably I think they're going to be doing well this season um, yeah yeah, and it was good to see Phil Foden get on the scoreline mm, yeah um, yeah I mean you know I feel like with both um, Ruben Vinagre coming on in the 8th minute and having Adama Traore on that right hand side it was pretty you know run of the mill it was pretty simple for Man City's wingers Sterling and Foden to exploit the space in behind um, and yeah, I mean, Sterling, you know, managing to pick up an assist and Ford managing to pick up a goal. Um, I don't feel like the Wolves system um, benefited um, them in this game. I feel like, especially with the Rodri and Fernandinho double pivot, um, it allowed Ford and Sterling more freedom. They, they had less defensive responsibility. Um, and yeah, um, you know, just wasn't great. I mean, I, I mean, Daniel Podence put in a really brilliant ball for Raul Jimenez, um, but 
besides that, there wasn't really much that this Wolves team showed. And like you say, Patricio really kept Man uh, kept Wolves competitive in this game. To be honest with you, um, Man City could feel aggrieved to not have scored more. To be honest with you, yeah, and that kind of brings me on to two other points. In that, it took them to the ninety fifth minute to cut off the game, and then also I look at their bench. They're like they've got four under twenty three players, which just really shows. They're, they're lacking squad depth, and I think that's why the total is going back to. Yeah, I mean, that's very odd because last season, you know, we were talking about the strength of the Man City bench. You know, Man City's bench could beat most teams. Um, so, I mean, I don't know what's happened. I mean, they haven't had too many outgoings, haven't Manchester City? I mean, obviously, um, okay. we've seen David Silva um, has ended up leaving. Um, Claudio's gone on a free. Who was that? Claudio Bravo, their backup keeper, went on a free to Betis. Mm. Yeah, um, well, you've got Zach Seff in there, who's you know probably you know just as well. I'm not going to say just as good, um, but you know he's probably on a similar level. Um, I mean, um, I don't know why they loaned out that um, Muric because I thought he was good in the League Cup. Yeah, um, it's probably just to get some. You know, proper experience. Yeah, um, the um, Girona, which is owned by the Man City owners. Yeah. Um, and you've got Leroy Sane, obviously, who left to go to Bayern Munich. Well, he was injured more so last season. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, you've seen him bring in both Ferran Torres and Nathan Ake. Um, so I wonder what what's up, why they don't have as much, as many options on the bench. It's confused me that. Older teams, and they're more injury. Mm. And... There's only Eric Garcia who's capable of stepping up from the academy. Mm. I mean, obviously, we've seen with Phil Foden what kind of player he's been. I don't think I've heard of anything from this Thomas Doyle or Liam Delap. Mm. And they were forced to make one change in the game. So that means that two players could, that could have got a rest didn't get a rest. Mm. Yeah. I don't know why Man City always feel like they always got to splash out on these bench warmers when you know there's you can get a few players for five men that you know they they can only play in the cup games and will come on for the last half an hour or so. Yeah, got a perfectly capable team to work around that. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Well, hasn't Gundogan? He's got Corona, doesn't he? I believe so. Yes. Right, and then. It, uh, it says here in the missing players, it doesn't list Bernardo Silva, so I don't know where the hell he's gone. Uh, injured, isn't he? No, because he's been missing players, and the missing players list is Aguero, Garcia, Gundogan, and Laporte, but it doesn't say Bernardo Silva. I think I saw that he was injured, I can't remember. Okay, just would be strange to leave him out. Mm-hmm. You got anything to say? Um, not really, I mean, I, I think, you know, once Man City get, the players get back to full fitness, you know, I feel like we'll definitely see, you know, a far stronger bench. But, I mean, you know, we're talking about, you know, a team that beat Wolves 3-1. You know, a very impressive Wolves side. Um, you know, so it's not like Man City need to splash out, is it? Well, I, I was saying the opposite of that. I said they don't need to splash out for a bench. Mm. No, but I'm, what I'm saying is they don't need to get, you know, a lot of players in. Hmm, OK. Because if you consider, if, like if you replace... You know the players, the under twenty three players on this bench, 
then you've got, you know, the likes of Aguero, the likes of um, Bernardo Silva, Gundogan, Laporte, Cancelo, they all miss out. Yeah, but aren't they going to play in the cup game? To- um, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, I believe Pep said he was going to play the kids. Against Bournemouth? Well, we saw what happened with United. They really struggled. Oh, yeah. Um, I've just seen that Nelson Tomato's got the Wolves. Yeah, £30 million. Pounds. Um, so, you know, we've seen Matt Doherty leave Wolves um, and he's been replaced by um, both Semedo and Kiana Hoover, who's come in. Um, Will he actually play that Hoover? Probably not. Um, but he's another right-back option, isn't it? Mm. I've seen they're, they're also linked to um, Thierry, Thierry Carrera from uh, Valencia. He's also a right-back. I mean, I can't see that one happening. Now, once they've signed Semedo for thirty million, and they have Kiana Hoover on the books, along with Adama Traore as well. Let's not forget. Oh yeah. So you know, personally, I can't see that one. I think they need to get a replacement left winger after Diego Yotta on. He mm. was sorting. Yeah, I mean, I would like to see both Neto and Podence step up. Um, however, they could do with another winger. Yes. God, I sounded so fucking stilted then, didn't I? Yes, they do need another winger, Harry. I agree. <laughs> Mate, it sounds so fake. I hated the way I sounded that. Um, Jeez, they are light on the ground in the midfield area. They've literally got Neves, Dendonga, Moutinho and Vitinha. Yeah, um, well, I mean, they loaned out more than Gibbs-White to Swansea, which, I mean, is great for Gibbs-White's development, but, you know, they could probably do with another midfielder. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, could they? I mean, they've got four midfielders. And they play with two, so maybe not. I mean, they're not playing in Europe this season, so they don't really have to worry too much about rotation. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and that. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I mean, that's it for this episode, really. Um, yeah, um, a very entertaining game week, I'll say. Uh, I hope the podcast lived up to that, um, and I doubt next week's game week will be half as entertaining. Um but yeah, um, you can follow the podcast at Anti Football Pods, and yeah, we'll see you a lot later.